Yeah, it's wonderful to to see people being repositioned and positioned for the work of God. Um, so we see Mike and Lily being going to Europe. We see Craig and Colette and their family going overseas to uh, engage with the nations and to spread what he has planted in their hearts and in our hearts for them. Um, yeah, good morning. My name is uh, Richard Stewart. For those who are puzzled to see me up here, I'm also... I'm also fairly, I'm also fairly puzzled, um, but it's yeah, it's just it's a great opportunity to to come up here to share a little bit with you of what God has spoken to me over the last six months. Um, I was chatting to someone in the in the mid- midway break at the at the tea time and the coffee time, and they said a lot of that we spoke about in life group, and I think it has been for me. It's been a it's been a lead up over the last six months of God planting something on my heart, and then emphasizing and re-emphasizing and re-emphasizing certain things and not only emphasizing things but also challenging me as a person to make the changes that I need to make in order to stand up here and to confidently say that these are things that I believe in and that I believe you should believe in too and should work on. So as you can pick up from the title of the message we're going to be talking about Joseph again but we're also going to be talking about the lessons that I've learned from a puzzle. But we'll go into that a little bit more because the first thing I just want to say is that we can't miss out on the significance of what today is. So um, Vaughan spoke a little bit about the Father's Day that we celebrate today. And it's an amazing, amazing opportunity to celebrate people who have such responsibility within our lives. Not minimizing the, the responsibility of ladies and, and, and mothers, but the responsibility and the mantle that sits on fathers to define the culture in which a family operates is vital. It's significant to realize. And the other element that is significant today is that we still we know is South Africa. Um, so Youth Day was a day when the youth moved and changed their position, changed their position from a classroom to a street, and that caused significant impact in this world. And so my challenge to the, the youth sitting in here, and I, I forgot to mention in the first service that youth is anything from 39 and down, and next year youth will be anything from 40 and down, and the year after that will be anything from 41 to down. But um, the youth of today have such a responsibility. And my challenge to you is to take what I say to heart, to implement it, and to see the impact that you can have on your friends and the family around. I'm not saying that this is what I put up there is ultimate, if you know what I'm saying. It's just another stepping stone that you can put in your, your life so that you can impact. This message is not only for the adults that sit here. This, this message is for all of us. It's for the youth who have the opportunity to impact not only their friends, but nations and worlds. And as we've seen, Craig and Colette have taken their kids across to understand a bit more of that heart for the nations that the youth can have. So let me give you a bit of background to the story. Um, like I said, so six months in, in the making, um, probably six months to get me repositioned from over there somewhere to up here. Um, but it's a slow transition, and you must understand how I'm slow. Uh, so, um, yeah, so a little bit of background of the story, in, and I'll start with a confession. So the confession is, as a 39-year-old man, I like making puzzles. I like uh, putting little pieces together and uh, feeling like I've accomplished something. So that's basically what, what the story comes to, is, 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 is this... Um, the aspect of me making a puzzle, and while I was making this puzzle, being kind of certain parallels between the puzzle making and the myself making that needed to be implemented. 
So in December, I got given a puzzle, a 2,000-piece puzzle by my family. It was a gift given to me by my family. Just an important element there. It was a gift given to me by my family, something for me to use and to, to, to put in place. So as I started building the puzzle, I realized that there were certain things that needed to change within me. But this was aligned to the kind of the lessons that we learned in the puzzle. So the reason I like making puzzles is not solely to make a puzzle and then to break it up again. I can't stand breaking a puzzle down just after I've built it. All the effort, all the work and everything that's gone into it. I like to put it somewhere. Um, my mum and sister made a puzzle for me in for my 21st birthday party. Birthday, birthday party, it was a party. Um, and they, that, that uh, puzzle was, has been framed and still takes up a prominent position in our TV room. And it has significance because it adds value to the house. And this is what the importance of a, of a puzzle is, is that it adds value. Um, once you've put it all together in the bits and pieces, it doesn't have much value. But once you put it all together, it has a lot greater value. And also I want to tie this into the, the element of, um, of Joseph. So we're talking about the story of Joseph. And we've seen the progression of Joseph's life how he went from through 17 years of being on high down to the lows of, of being in a pit, back up to being the, the leader of, of Egypt at one stage, and how his journey progressed and went, how he went through the various steps. So if we have a look at just the first slide there, you'll see that there's three elements of what, a, what we can look at from a puzzle perspective. So one, that we are personally a piece of the puzzle. So we add to the bigger picture. We add to the bigger picture here at Grace. We add to the bigger picture of this kingdom that he is building. The second element is that a puzzle is being built. He is my creator. He is the author and perfecter of my faith. He is the potter. I am the clay. And he is building this puzzle that leads us, that adds us to the bigger picture. And then the other thing is that the gospel demands a response from me. So when he comes and his word comes, it re requires a response from me. So I am making my own puzzle. So I am building things into my life that stand me in good stead to point towards Jesus and to glorify him in what I do. So these are the three aspects that we could look at. For today, my focus is going to be on the third one, that third aspect of how am I building the puzzle? What, what am I doing that is building a puzzle that points towards God? And then also exploring this in Joseph's life. So Joseph also had a puzzle. He had a couple of things that he had to put in place so that when he was in the pit, he was able to be um, see Jesus. When he was in jail, he was able to see Jesus. When he was sold off as a slave, he was able to see Jesus. Also, Joseph had the dreams that he had. He knew that there was a promise. He had also spent time with his father understanding the dreams and the promises that God had made over the nation of Israel. So he knew he was part of that puzzle, but he also knew that there were things that he needed to put in place in order for that puzzle to um, glorify God. So let's have a look at uh, some scripture first. So if you want to turn to uh, Genesis 39, we're going to just read um, two sections from Genesis 39. In the same chapter of, uh, of the Bible, and it points to exactly the same thing in two separate instances with, with Joseph. So if we read Genesis 39, verses 2 to 6, it says here, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, 
and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Interesting concept there, his attendant, not his leader, not whatever, his attendant. So still, there wasn't a position of high, high authority, but he saw that the Lord was with him, and so he said, I would like you to look after the things that, that I need looking after. So Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household, and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, because in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Well, then if we look a little bit further down in, in Genesis 39, it talk in verses 20 and 21, it says here, when Joseph gets put into prison, he says here, But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So we see a lot of the time that Joseph's success wasn't solely down and accredited to Joseph's ability. Joseph's success was accredited to the fact that the Lord was with him. A lot of the times it says there, and they saw the Lord was with him, and so they gave him a position of power or authority. Just an aside note there, as we were singing that song, what a powerful name it is. Um, the word is, is is quite powerful in that song. It says he is. What a powerful name he is. Um, and again, as per the first service, that was for free. It wasn't part of my notes. Um, but it was. He's a, he's a powerful God. He's a King of kings and the Lord of lords that deserves our praise and, and, and glory. So let's have a look at these, these lessons. Richard, what type of lessons can you learn from a puzzle? How can you uh, accredit something of physical building a puzzle to this walk that we have with, with Christ? If we have a look at point one, is that we build with a simple yes. So Luke 5 verses 1 to 11 talks, talks about um, the initial calling of some of the disciples, Simon. And if we have a look at that verse, it doesn't say that um, Simon just followed the Lord. There was a build-up. There was something that needed to happen. As with the puzzle, I needed to realize that I'd been given a gift. I had to realize that there was an opportunity to bring something new to the family in the household, and to build this puzzle would add something different. But in order to do that, I had to break down the old puzzle because there was only one table that I could build that puzzle on. So I had to break down that old puzzle and move on to something new. And this is what the call on the, the disciples was. It wasn't just a, okay, follow me. There was a build-up to it. He said to Simon, take your boat out into the lake so that I can talk to the people. He then proceeds to talk to the people. And only after that does he say to, to Simon, throw the net out into the, to the, the, the lake to get the thing. And Simon's response is, I would not normally do this. My professional understanding of what you're asking to me does not make sense. But because you have said it, I will do it. And that needs to be our response. Is, is the Lord repositioning ourselves? So we look at what Neville spoke about last week. Is he moving us from something to something? Is he just changing a, a, a simple mindset in our mind which needs to change? And are we uh, willing to adjust to it just because he has said it? 
Connie brought a powerful word this morning. Are we willing to accept that word and to adjust our mindsets based on him saying something that, that triggered some, some sort of a response in, in us? So this ability and this willingness to, to say yes. It also talks a little bit later in that verse about when they got to the shore, they pulled their boat to the shore and immediately followed Jesus. They didn't do anything else. They pulled their boats to shore and they immediately followed Jesus. So are we prepared for that simple yes? The second element that we look at is are we building on the right surface? So <laughs> I tore, tore the old puzzle down off the table in the, in, in the living room and uh, started to then build this new 2,000-piece puzzle, which I thought would be perfect on that table. To my horror... As I started building the border, I realized that the table was too small for the puzzle. And the puzzle kept on just falling off the edge. And as I tried to bring it this way, it would fall off the edge of this table this way. And as I tried to move it that way, it would fall off the edge. So the realization was that I had built on the wrong surface. That there was a much better surface to build on. Much bigger table to build on. Much bigger area for me to build on. And this is this element of the wise man and the, the foolish man. So we see in Matthew 27, Matthew 7, 24 to 27, where, where Jesus speaks about the wise man and the, the foolish man. What is his challenge here? He's not just talking about a wise and a foolish man. He's talking about things that he had said before. So he challenges them with a simple thing of the person who hears what I say and does it. Build is like a, a wise man. If I hear Jesus and I do what he says... My foundation is firm. If I hear Jesus and I don't do what he said, I still heard Jesus, but I've built my foundation on the sand. Why, why do we need to build on firm foundations? Why do we need to know that this is our king and this is our Lord? We need to know that so that when the wind comes, when the streams rise up, when the challenges that life will bring at us, we have a firm foundation on which we stand and we know who our king is. And so if you talk about the foundations, there's this element of the foundations being one, the um, hearing of the word and doing it. But there's also the understanding of what the word is. So the word is, is, is one thing, but there's also the actions of, of Jesus that also creates a firmer foundation. So if we understand who we are without Christ, and then we understand who Christ is and who we are in Christ, we again are creating our foundations on firmer rock. So this understanding that without him, I am nothing. And it's a harsh word for us to accept in a, in a modern era. But without him, I am nothing. With him, I can accomplish all things that he set out in front of me. So this is accepting that he is king of kings and lord of lords accepting that he has come to give us our foundation in which to operate and this leads us to the third lesson that i learned so the third lesson is that we we build the borders first so what does one do when one needs information in modern technology age we google it so i wanted to know what did google think of or what did siri think were the steps in making a puzzle so I did this. I went and I Googled. I said, Google, please tell me how to make a puzzle. And in all the little links and all the little Wikipedias and all the how-to Wikipedias that I got uh, allocated to with uh, my search, the first thing was always, 
to build the border first. So when I was young, I was taught that you build the border first and then you fill in the, in the gaps. But never mind if it's a 12-piece puzzle, a 30-piece puzzle, a 1,000-piece puzzle, or a 2,000-piece puzzle, or an 8,000-piece puzzle. You build that, that gap, gap, the border first. And the reason for this is, again, is so that we know what we are prepared to endure, what we're prepared to hear, what we're pre prepared to expose ourselves to, and we block off the things that we're not, not, not willing to hear and not willing to expose it expose ourselves to so new technology in a car has a has a thing called lane attention assist so those who are fortunate enough to drive cars with this technology will know that as you're driving down the the lane if you go slightly out of your lane without indicating the car will kind of shuttle on or shuffle on the one side just to tell you that you're moving out of the lane on this side and as you go on to the left it will also shuttle just to say oh, Careful, you're going out of the lane. Be careful. And with modern technology like uh, cell phones and that type of thing, it's important to have this, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so the other thing that I identified about this, uh, this technology is that you can switch it off. So it's very easy just to push a little button and push it off. And then you don't have to have that irritation of the car um, kind of shuddering, shuffling. Everybody, no. I'm not going to dance and I'm not going to sing, I promise you. So of the car shuddering on, this, on, on the side. So you don't have that inconvenience. But what that inconvenience does is, is it gives you safety. It creates a safety net to make sure that you stay within the lane that you're, you're incoming traffic. And this is what building our borders is all about, is making sure that we put those things in place that stop us from going out into and getting exposed to things that we don't want to be exposed to. I had a very humbling experience over the last week. Um, I was invited to a WhatsApp group with a bunch of guys who do uh, play golf with, and the intention for for the group is to just to let you know when the when the tournament is, when you're playing, what time your tee off time is, and all this type of thing. So to give information about what's going on. After two days of being on this group, I realised that this was not the intention of the group, and only about five percent of the group was actually um, the intention was to to give information about what was going on. The rest of it was for guys to be guys uh, and to, to live out their lives of uh, um, posting pictures and jokes and all that type of thing, which didn't tie to, to my values. Uh, and so I could, I, I could then have make a decision, and it's a decision that we're faced with on a daily basis, all of us. I can make a decision to say, oh, well, I'll just ignore those things and just keep the group so that I see the, the tea of times and I see the information. But I also knew that I was able to get this on another platform, another place, another wherever. But I can justify it because I've got that 10% that I need to see. Or else I could stand up and say, actually, sorry guys, I'm leaving the WhatsApp group because this doesn't align to my values. And therefore putting those borders back in place, putting those boundaries back in place that allows me to be more secure in what God has called me to be. Neville, I'm going to have some of your water. Now you're going to hear me. <laughs> Sorry to those that woke up in the middle rows. Yeah. Yeah. JP, you woken up outside? Okay. So the next element is uh, build with the box. So it's important to build with the box. So, 
<laughs> Preach it, brother. Preach it, Wawa. Um, if we go to Genesis 45 and we read verses 7 to 11, you see just very quickly that Joseph was building with the box. He knew what the bigger picture looked like. So I don't know if you've ever tried to build a puzzle without the box and you find that you place certain things in the wrong place and then by the end of it you have to shuffle it all around to get everything to, to link up properly. So you might have the horse in the top right-hand side and the zebra in the bottom left and then realize when you look at the box that actually that's been placed the other way around. So building with the box is important. So building in the box is the element of knowing the bigger picture that we are part of. So it's important to understand that why, why do I sit here on a Sunday morning? It's because he's called me to hear his word and to respond to it. He's called me to be with people who believe the same things as I do. And so understanding that picture, understanding his word, the, the word of God in the Bible gives us direction, gives us a way to build. It gives us a way to father. It gives us a way to be just a normal person in a normal world facing normal challenges. And I think a lot of people read the Bible with the intention of it's up here, when actually the Bible is something that gives us guidance and direction with the Holy Spirit's input. So building with the box also gives us hope. Why do I say this? Is because if I can see what the end product looks like, I know that there's hope that my end product over here will look the same. It's not the same as um, my daughter looks at, watches YouTube videos on how to draw certain things. I know that if I watch that, that, that YouTube video and I try and draw like that person's drawing, it's not going to look the same. But I know with a puzzle, it's going to look the same if I build according to what the box says. And this is the element. The box, the Bible, God's Word has given us instructions on how to do things and when to do things. Let's just be attentive to what the Word of God is saying. He's saying things to us at the moment that we need to reposition ourselves. What does that mean for me personally? The next element that we see and the next lesson that I learned is kind of contradictory if you look at it up there. You see it and you say, but Richard, you're saying this totally different things in one sentence. But the reality is that we have to build by ourselves, but we also have to be prepared for others to build with us. Our revelation of who Christ is, is important. We can't base our relationship with him. We can't base our walk with him on someone else's revelation that they've told us about. We have to have that personal relationship with him. It's a, it's a challenge when you're in a family that you can rely on your, your wife's revelation and the, and the discussions that you have with her. Or you can rely on the people in the last group's revelation. But you need to have a personalized revelation of who Christ is. He has to be special to you. You have to understand completely what he did at the cross and understand your frailties without him. And then the other element of building, and, and we see this in, sorry, in Mark 8, verses 27 and 30, when he says to his disciples, I know what they say I am, but who do you say I am? And he asks us this question on a daily basis. Who do you say I am? We need to make sure that the answer is firm on that foundation that we've created. That we can say, you are the Christ. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And today I live my life for you and your glory. Tough one in the world and the environment that we live in. 
we're, we're shouting and screaming to say, live in someone else's revelation and rely on them. We've got to live in our own revelation. Then in Acts 2, it says, in the whole of Acts 2, it talks about um, they were together in the house together. They were all together in one place. They met together and shared. And this is this element of, of, of building our puzzle with other people. So we're very fortunate to, to lead a, I joked in the beginning, the best, I mean, to lead a life group uh, within this church. Um, and there are many very, very, very good ones. Some of the, no, they are, This church is filled with a focus on, on, on life groups. And we need to have a focus on life groups as, as a pe- person. We're very fortunate that we lead one. We have people in our homes that we are able to motivate, we are able to help, we are able to assist, we are able to encourage, and we are able to share the, the word with. But one of the most important things for, for us about that is that we are also able to be motivated. We are also able to be encouraged. We are also able to be built up and helped through the difficult times and the challenges that we face. And having that close community of friends who believe the same thing and have built their lives on the same rock as I have built my life on is something that motivates me to do what God has called me to do. A lot of what what we see in our life group is people sharing their lives together, engaging with each other and, and challenging each other to how do you practically outwork this? How do you practically go out into the world and do what you're called to do? And that we can build each other up. A lot of these messages are for me. And like I said, the challenge has always has, has been, and it continues to be, that I've not attained all of this. I still need to understand more and more of what being an individual in Christ is, but also more and more what being a team member in Christ is. This is the important elements. I'm going to be challenged with a, a bit of time, but if we look at the next, the next step, yeah, we say, build with challenge in mind. So the understanding is that from a, from a walk with God, we don't give our lives to Christ and then everything is moonshine and roses from the next day. There will be challenges. We see, we see in the Bible characters that dealt with challenges well. We see with, that they were continually challenged. We look at um, Jonah, who, who didn't deal with his challenges well, and he had to go through a disciplining phase where he then uh, was obedient to God. So challenges do come. I'm not saying that if you put all these things in place, that challenges won't come. I'm saying if you put these things in place, probably more challenges will come. Probably more challenges will come to those boundaries. Probably more challenges will come to those foundations. But you will be able to withstand them a little bit more, knowing who your king is and who your Christ is. So these are the elements that I, that I, I took out of building a puzzle. There are a couple more, which maybe is uh, how to build a puzzle too like scary movie too and these type of things there's always a there's always a, 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 a or maybe I should say if you come to life group on Tuesday night you will see the rest but uh, <laughs> but um, just quickly moving on to the why do we do these things what, why um, David Platt writes a book called Radical and if you he, what he basically looks at in the book called Radical is looks at the comparison between what of getting our faith back against what the American dream has created our faith to be. So let's just look at what the definition of uh, the American dream is, done, uh, coined by James 
Truslow Adams. And I like how these Americans always have these big names. Um, but it says here that the American dream is a dream in which each man and each woman shall be able to attain to the fullest stature of which they are innately capable and being recognized by, by others for what they are. This is in steep contrast to what the gospel says. The gospel doesn't say anything about me becoming great. I wish it did. Then I could follow this American dream and be quite happy and content on, on this earth. But what the American, what, not the American dream, what the gospel says is that it is to make much of him. Much of the king of kings who's planted things in our hearts to respond to. So if we look at, have a look at Joseph again and say, how did he understand this? At what stage in his journey did he only point towards God? If you see when he gets tested twice by people to see if he is able to interpret dreams. So when he's in jail, he gets asked to interpret the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. When he, when he comes out of jail, when they finally remember him and he comes out of jail, he has an opportunity to reveal the dreams to Pharaoh. The American dream, dream, dream. The American dream's response would be, yeah, I can do it. Easy. Tell me your dreams and I'll be able to do it. I will be able to tell you what your dreams mean and I will give you, give you the input and the feedback that you want. But Joseph's response on both of these times points towards God and points towards the ability of God to work through him and in him. It says here, in his first response, he says to the baker and to the cupbearer, he says, are the interpretations of dreams not God's? So he points again to the ability of God, not to his own ability. He says, yes, he can do it, but not through his own power and his own ability, but through him who sent him and who's placed him in that place for that purpose. And then to Pharaoh, he says, I cannot do it. Imagine that. You walk into Pharaoh and you say, into your boardroom, and the guy says, can you do this? And he says, I, I can't do it. But God will give me the interpretation, will give you the interpretation of your dreams. And he will show you what you want to see. So just to conclude the, 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 the story about the puzzle about my 2,000-piece puzzle that I eventually built on the right surface after building the borders correctly first, with having input from everyone else and also with spending a lot of time by myself plowing through some of these pieces and putting them together. As I was coming to the end, I could see there was something not 100% right. I could see that there just looked like too many gaps for the pieces that were in existence. So to this day... I can still not say that I've built a 2,000-piece puzzle. To this day, I can only say that I have built a 1,999-piece puzzle. One piece is missing. So as I finished the puzzle, or the puzzle pieces that were available to go into the puzzle, I realized that there was this one missing. First reaction? Life group. Life group took it. First response that I had was to run into the bedroom at 11 o'clock at night, shake my wife awake and say, did you take it? Is this some sort of silly joke? <laughs> that was my first response. Second response was to tear up the house completely, looking for this one piece that would make it a 2,000-piece puzzle. Like I said earlier, I still haven't built a 2,000-piece puzzle. There is still one piece that's missing. Short of uh, kind of trying to draw it myself or phoning the, the puzzle maker and asking for piece 24 right, 5 left, 
Um, I'm probably never going to finish that puzzle. But again, it's a lesson that everyone is important. Everyone has a role to play within this big puzzle. My challenge to you is that you have a role to play. My challenge to you is that you have a puzzle to build that is yourself, but you are also greater, a part of a greater puzzle. The impact and the significance of every individual, as we've been speaking about earlier, as Charmaine mentioned in the prayer meeting when she spoke about the body and Christ being the head and all the body parts having a role to play. Every single one of you that sits here today has a role to play. Whether it be here in this church, whether it be with your children, whether it be with your grandchildren, whether it be with other people's children that you have helped to mentor or to build, build up, whether it be with your schoolmates, whether it be with the guys from work, wherever it, be, wherever it may be, you have a significant part to play. And in order to do that, we need to make sure that our foundation is firm, that our borders are in place, and that we point to him in everything we do. Just to close up, the song from Elevation Worship, here again, the words go, I am not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all of you. Will you meet me here again? Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. And so these things are, are great. But the reality is that we don't do it separately from God. He's building that puzzle. He's building your puzzle. And that relationship that you have with him is vital. So Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for an opportunity to reposition ourselves in your house, Lord God. I thank you for a conviction of things that need to be repositioned, a conviction of things that need to change. I thank you that it's not too late to make those changes and those adjustments, Lord God. And I thank you that we can point to you in everything we do.